0: Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 62, verse 1 through 5, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 1 through 11, the Gospel according to John, chapter 2, verse 1 through 11, and Psalm 36, verse 5 through 10. Open our minds. Warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. Amen. As often as I can, I tell my friends and family, and even my own children, to travel, go, see experience God out there in this great big world. Travel brings insight and wisdom. It allows us to encounter the diversity of creation and creator in unexpected ways. Travel enables us to see just how magnificently God shows up for humanity, unbounded by time and space, geography, culture, and religion. Many of you know of my deep desire to travel as food for my semi-nomadic soul. I've shared with you in the past just how life-changing it was for me to finally plant a garden of my own and the epiphany of peace at home that I had never really experienced before. I tell people to go and travel because travel allows us to see God in ways that we never would if we just stayed in our own little bubbles Undisturbed routines of imagined safety and security. It was because of travel that I first experienced animism. The recognition of God present in all living things. A way of life commonly held under the umbrella term and religious expression of paganism. Being a young woman from the Midwest, I wasn't well acquainted with the presence of the spiritual realm, or if I was, no one talked about it. It wasn't until I was in the rural mountain village of Southeast Asia that I was first introduced to the living recognition of the spirit of the spiritual realm held in high regard and close proximity to the lives of living people. In this thin space between seen and unseen, the people I lived with in Bissau, Philippines remained acutely aware of the spirits around us and within us. I remember vividly one morning walking to the priest's home and smelling a delicious and decadent scent pouring from his kitchen window. Meat. I could smell the meat. A rare and a rare delight that was generally reserved for weddings and funerals, and yet no one in the village had died, and there was no wedding to speak of. I stepped through the door. Mmm, Paddy, are you cooking something? He brushed me off. "Wun," he answered in the affirmative, yes. Let's talk about Sunday services, he said. What will your role be in worship this week? I was half listening and half distracted by the bubbling soup on the stove. Isn't he going to offer me anything to eat? I haven't had breakfast. Even just a little taste? I prodded him. What are you cooking? Do you have guests arriving soon? Uh, it's just some boiled meat. No one is coming. Let's get back to our worship service. Being me, I finally blurted out, Who's the soup for? Do you need me to deliver it to somebody? I could taste test it for you. <laughs> he giggled, like you. It's for the anito, he said. The spirits. There's no need to taste it. They can smell it and be pleased. The spirits, I thought. What the heck? He was boiling precious meat, something we rarely got in the village. And he wasn't even going to eat it? And anyway, what was a priest doing boiling meat for pagan gods? Wasn't he a follower of Jesus? It seemed then and there, in that space, that Paul's words to the church in Corinth were manifest in my own living experience. I do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters. There are not many gods for us to please or appease by what we do for them. But rather, there is one God who loves us just for who we are in true melanie fashion my next words blurted out were well the holy spirit is here she's telling me i'm hungry and she wants me she wants you to share that soup with me <laughs> i've always wanted to be more contemplative quiet, thoughtful, a wise listener who is slow to speak, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, like the Lord. I've always wanted to be a little more like the Buddha, the master of my own mind, totally at peace with my thoughts and actions, zen, cool, mellow if i got to choose my own spiritual gift it would be the gift of chill out but you know what that's just not who i am for years and years i have judged the gifts that i have been given Ugh, why am i so persistent why can't i just let it slide a little Be less convicted, less bothered, less hangry. Regularly, I have prayed to God, God, please, could you just make me a little less? Because I'm a little much sometimes. Why do I feel so restless in the world? Why do I feel like I need to know everything? Who's that soup for anyways? Why do I feel called to preach the gospel of love to God's gathered people week after week? Some Sunday mornings, I think I'd like to just sit and do a jigsaw puzzle and drink coffee, not worry about things, not worry about kids who don't have a place to call home or the woman I met outside in the cold yesterday, whose belly was empty sometimes I really want not to care so much. I want not to hunger and thirst for righteousness, but that's not who God made me to be. That's not who I am. God made me to be the kind of person who asks for a cup of soup, not one who's content with its contents being left to spoil. For better or for worse, the Holy Spirit gives us each a spiritual gift, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, living expressions of God's grace and goodness toward humanity. God gives us each these gifts so that we may in turn share them with others. The Apostle Paul today, in his letter to the church in Corinth, reminds us that each of us is given a gift for the common good. For the common good. And Paul even gives us examples of such spiritual gifts. The utterance of wisdom, the utterance of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, The working of miracles, prophecy, the discernment of spirits, various kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of these tongues. And we can make our own list of what our spiritual gifts might be. Maybe your gift is organizing or management of people. Maybe listening is your gift. It is not my own. Maybe it's singing, or making music of another kind, or inventing, or fixing, or building, engineering things, being a teacher, a learner, a healer. The gifts we all possess are many and varied, and they're present in people throughout the whole world. That's why I always ask people to travel, whether it's nearby or far away. The more people you encounter in your life, the more spiritual gifts you will see in humanity. Over these next six weeks, the clergy of your church have chosen to focus on the readings from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. And we embark upon this sermon series because we believe that the church in Corinth is a lot like the church of today. And that Paul's words have something to teach us, not just about those people there back then, but about us people here and now. We see in our epistle lesson for this morning a real desire for Paul to teach the people who practiced polytheism the monotheistic nature of God, the oneness of this spirit. We see Paul teach the people that it's not about all of the different gods present around us that we are to serve and to give gifts to, but rather that there is one God who gives good gifts to us, to God's people, so that we may in turn share those gifts with the rest of humanity. My hope for us in these coming weeks is that we begin in a place where we can discern what our own spiritual gifts are, that we can learn to know ourselves, know what we're made of, know what we're meant for, what our talents and gifts and treasures given by God are for us so that we can collectively share them for the common good. That day in Patty Brent's house we had a long long talk about the anito and the spirit the spirit of god that was present in our community and after some time we decided that my role for that coming sunday service would be to go and gather vegetables from the garden behind the church and to bring some of the rice that we had harvested and that together we would make a soup, a hearty soup, a diverse soup, a nourishing soup, and that my role at Sunday service that week would be to serve the soup to all those who gathered It was a chance for me and for Potty Brent to see that we can be transformed by the message of God and the message that Paul shares with the church in Corinth when we allow our own intuitions to be transformed for sharing, for the common good. You each have a spiritual gift. You each are a spiritual gift. And I ask that you honor your gift today, that you be fed with the food that God gives to us, so that you may go out from this place to feed a hungry world. Amen. Amen.